Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, where healthcare meets business, with your host, me, Dr. Karen Litzy. And just as a reminder, the information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not to be used as personalized medical advice. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, physical therapist, owner of Karen Litzy Physical Therapy and Mobile Practice located in the heart of New York City. Today's episode, we are talking about evaluation and treatment of the TMJ joint, or for those who aren't familiar, that is your jaw. This is the first time I've done an episode on this subject, and I'm really excited to have on the show Dr. Michael Gorman. So he has... Uh, has a real passion for treating people with TMJ pain. Um, it affects millions of Americans every single day. And he feels it should have the same respect as our beloved knee or shoulder patient. He is the owner of iMove PT, a mobile physical therapy practice that in 2022 uh, he decided to franchise. So I'm really excited to have Dr. Gorman on the show today. He has a long history of treating people with TMJ. And if you are interested in this subspecialty, definitely reach out to him. All of the links can be found on any platform on which you are listening to this podcast. So a big thanks to Dr. Gorman and everyone. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, Michael, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. I'm excited to talk about uh, issues surrounding TMJ, because I don't think I've had that on the podcast yet. So this is the first one. I'm so excited. So thanks for coming on. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm uh, I'm truly honored to be here. I'm a longtime fan of yours. I admire the work you've done. So thank you for having me on today. Uh, pleasure. Pleasure. So before we get into what is TMJ and how can physical therapists help, can you give the listeners a little bit more information on your journey into this subspecialty of working with people with TMJ dysfunction. Sure, absolutely. So I have been a physical therapist uh, since 1993. So as we're sitting now, I'm coming up on 30 years. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I think when I was first getting, getting out of school and I heard someone was out for 30 years, I'm like, oh my gosh, aren't you retired yet? Um, not quite. Uh, so it's... Uh, you know, my career always has been heavy on orthopedic. I'm a fellowship trained manual therapist. Um, but even through all that, I, I never really treated much TMJ until, um, you know, sometimes we are not forced into something, but uh, something comes up where you don't have a choice and you have to um, choose to do something that nobody else is doing. And so that's really what happened. I, I used to uh, have an outpatient company here in, in, in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, at that point in time, we only had two clinics and we had just built out or just moved into a brand new big office because we were growing, growing, growing. And sure enough, Karen, as you know, when that happens, something always um, happens after that. And um, there was two outpatient physical therapy clinics that opened up within a mile of me about six months after I built out this huge office with big rent. So um, a lot of our referrals that were always coming to us all of a sudden, um, the, the referrals began to slow down. And so I was starting to think to myself, well, what can we do from a practice standpoint that can help a lot of people um, that there's not really any therapist in the area that's doing it. And so I'm, 
started to think about what if we launched a TMJ program? Because at least in St. Louis at that time and still is, you have to search pretty hard for a PT who treats it, enjoys treating it. And mm-hmm. so that was like 2007, 2008. And I found out a couple things. Um, all those patients I used to ignore when they talked about their 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 TMJ. You know, they you'd ask them about their their neck pain, and they would say, "Oh yeah, I I have this here," and I would just pretend like I didn't hear them. Almost, um, those people need help, and and we are absolutely the right kind of people to help them. Um, and then then the other thing is, I found that when you go out and market to a dentist office, they are such incredibly nice people. <laughs> And so it, it became pretty easy to to grow this program. And when you treat TMJ, you treat cervical. When you treat cervical, mm-hmm. you should be looking at TMJ. So it was a real nat- natural fit. And that was 2008. So for the last uh, 15 years, I've I, I I've treated it. I've I I'm happy to to treat it. And we can help so many patients out there if we just get over our. I don't know. I don't know if it's fear of lack or lack of training or feeling like it's really not our field to work on that, but it, it absolutely is. Yeah. And that leads into the next question is what is the role of the physical therapist in the treatment of TMJ problems? Because I think for a lot of people listening who maybe aren't in the medical field, they're probably thinking, why would I go to a physical therapist? Don't you just go to your dentist and get a bike guard or a right. night guard, and then you call it a day. Right. So what is the role of physical therapy in this diagnosis? You know, when we look at the 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 TMJ, so TMJ is temporomandibular joint. It's where your jaw meets up with, with your skull. And it's just a joint like any other joint in the body. It's similar to a shoulder and that you have a joint and you've got a joint capsule and there's a little disc in there and there's uh, ligaments and there's muscle and all those things. And so... um the role of the physical therapist in treating TMJ pain is just like the role of the physical therapist in treating neck pain or shoulder pain. And it's just, we have to create awareness. You know, we, most people, when they get TMJ pain, they either ignore it. Um, they get a, uh, whatever, a bike guard made mm-hmm. for it. They get their a tooth ground down. Um, they ignore it some more. They, they take drugs for it. Um, and then it's just a cycle and they get caught in the cycle. So our role is, I feel we have such a huge role in the musculoskeletal world of treating TMJ pain because you can, um, you know, because I've marketed so this so much in the last several years. And when you go into a dentist office, most of them are so happy to see a PT that likes treating it because they don't Mm -hmm. want to treat it or they don't besides, uh, you know, uh, uh, a night guard or splint or something like that. They don't really have those tools in, in their bag. And so they're so happy when I come in because their, their patients now, now have an option. So I, I hope that that answers your question. Yeah, I think it does. And now let's go right into the evaluation of a person who comes to you with TMJ pain. So let's talk about the subjective first because now we may you may have someone come off the street through direct access who is somehow enlightened and knows that physical therapists can treat this or maybe they're coming from their dentist with a prescription but what are some of your sort of must ask questions 
to people with TMJ pain? Yeah, great question. And, I, you know, I would say I follow really the same subjective that I do for almost every everything. I want to know how did this start? How long um, have they been dealing with this constant chronic pain? Because look, if, if someone's having a pain for a day or two or a click or pop here, th those aren't the people that are going to wind up at our door. Those mm -hmm. are not the people that are going to pay cash to come and see you or to come and see me. Um, so it, it is, it's the people that, that, that have, that have struggled with this for a long time. I mean, I want to know what makes it worse. I want to know what, what helps, what treatments have they had in, in the past? Um, and, you know, I want to talk about their occupation. I want to know about like, who is that? Who is that pilot in that cockpit? You know, who is a pilot in that cockpit? I want to know everything about them, their job. Um, you know, I, I, I want to talk about, are they on the computer a lot? Um, and what, you know, how does stress interfere, impact this? Because, um, there's a couple of things I've seen about TMJ patients and, um, one predominantly it's age 20 to 40, predominantly female. Interesting. Very I can count on one hand and, you know, judging by the amount of gray hair I have, I've been doing this for a long time, but the number of, 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 of male TMJ patients I've had, um, and there's almost always, uh, a stressor, stressor component. And there's almost, almost always a cervical component. There's a cervical mm. component that may not be driving this, but is keeping this, 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 this active, I, I would say so. Mm -hmm. um, but just really spending time with that patient, because you know, when you're treating uh, someone's TMJ and you're, that's a very intimate um, treatment because you're right there and you, you mm -hmm. have to stare at them. And as they're opening and closing their mouth, you're like, whatever, like 12 inches from them and you're staring at them and it can get a little bit uncomfortable. So you just got to really put, put them at ease. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the biggest thing and know that you are there you want them to know that you're very empathetic, just like we are with, with every patient. But these people, when they come to you, they, they've struggled for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they may not be in the best place. So really yeah. building trust and empathy right away sounds like it's really important. And like you said, the intimate nature of the evaluation and the treatment, which we'll get to, mm -hmm. um, I think you have to build that therapeutic relationship early on. Um, so aside from the subjective, what are you looking at from an objective uh, standpoint? What are some common objective signs that you may see as a physical therapist in someone with TMJ dysfunction? Yep. Well, first, you know, it's seems so ba basic, but we have to look at posture. Um, posture is such a huge, I've treated very few TMJ patients that have great posture, you as know, I just like, up, you know, as I you, sit up a little higher, here. <laughs> I saw you, I saw you, Karen, I saw, I saw you sit up. Um, but it's, it's true because the thing is when you have a forward head, like 95% of our patients do, um, what happens is the mandible actually retracts. Mm. So as your the, the head goes forward, the mandible goes posterior. So the mandible can jam that articular fat pad that's sitting back in that joint, which can be very, very painful. So that's first and foremost, I'm looking at standing posture. I'm looking at sitting posture and I'm, I tell them, I put them in a chair. Okay, just relax. And how do you normally sit? Mm -hmm. 
you know, how do you normally say? Cause I want to see what, what normal is for you. Um, and then after that, I do look at cervical range of motion. I that, think that's super important. Uh, a li little tip I can give you is that in your audience is when you're doing cervical active range of motion, have that patient sitting, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's sitting in a chair, sitting on a plinth, a table, um, because it's never happened to me, but I've heard stories about this where you're doing a cervical extension and then especially if there's an upper cervical instability that you haven't obviously picked up yet. Um, they could black out, they could fall down. It's a lot easier if they're sitting. So anyway, I do that. Um, and then I start looking at uh, TMJ. I look at facial expressions. I have them smile. I have them kind of chomp their teeth up and down just to look at bite. I'm not a dentist by any means, so I don't claim to be the expert of that, but I want to just see what that looks like. Um, are they missing teeth? Are they, uh, you know, I, and I look, one thing that's really interesting is um, next time you have a TMJ patient, because I know after this podcast, you're going to go searching for those TMJ patients, uh, is that you'll, you'll look at their face and you'll see atrophy on the side that they've had pain. You'll, you'll see it. It's, 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 it's pretty striking, honestly, um, just like anything else. If you don't um, use something or if you have pain and forcing you're not mm -hmm. using, you're going to have atrophy in the area. Um, and, and then from there, you look at strength testing. I do look at, you know, mandibular strength, right and left. If they have atrophy on the right side, they're probably not going to want to laterally deviate to the left too well. Um, and I do palpation. I do extra oral. I do cervical and I put gloves on and I do intraoral. And that's super important. I don't think you can treat a TMJ effectively unless you're doing intraoral work. And when you're evaluating all of these different facial expressions and range of motion or strength, um, which I'll get to in a second, but are you looking for asymmetries from side to side or are you looking at what evokes their symptoms? What exactly would be uh, that sort of red flag in your head of like, okay, this is this yeah. is not normal? Well, that's th those are great things to, to bring up. So I, I mean, I don't really worry so much about a click or a pop unless okay. it's painful. You know, okay. we all have clicks and pops in our job, but if it's painful, then that's obviously something whew, I got to really take, take note of that. Um, I'm looking at just like for any other joint, right? We're looking at um, quantity. So when someone opens their mouth, we look at vertical opening. Are they able to get 40 millimeters of opening? And if so, how do they achieve that? Because you, you know, the body works best if it's symmetrical. Mm -hmm. It's when it's asymmetrical that things go awry. And so, um, do they, when they open their mouth, does, do they have a C curve? Do they have an S curve? Um, do they have any proprioception at all to know? And m most times the, the answer is no. Um, but you know, I'm always, you know, I, I want to make sure the patient knows that, that, that they're in charge. You know, I'm, I always tell them. Just open your mouth as far as you can without pain or with, you know, where you feel it is fine, but no sharp pain. Don't go past your, your pain, things of that mm -hmm. sort. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, absolutely. We're definitely looking at the, what's the quality? What, what's that, what's that mandible doing? Is it shifting all over the place? Is it just a big hypermobile mess? Mm. Um, maybe it was one side, you know, if some, if someone has an S curve, we tend to think of that as a very hypermobile individual. 
you know, they just don't have that coordination in there. Whereas if it's a C curve, one side, we tend to look at that as that, um, that side that it's, it's, it's going to be a hypomobile joint that, that joint is not opening. So as the jaw is going, if it deviates to, to the right, it could very well be hypomobile on the right side, mm -hmm. but you know, just like everything else, there's no, like not anything set in stone, but just, just some things that, that, that I've observed. Right. Right. Kind of keep an eye on all these things, knowing that like, it depends. Yeah, of right? course. Yeah. And how do you, how are you assessing strength of the um, mandible? So, yeah. So with, with strength, what I do, it's, it's so hard on a, on a, on a zoom to show it question. Does this go on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, good. Well then I'll use my hands. But anyway, um, if I'm checking the strength, let's say for example, the right lateral pterygoid. Mm -hmm. So when the, when the lateral pterygoids work together, they do pro protrude your jaw, but when one mm -hmm. side works independently, it laterally deviates to the left. So if I'm checking the strength of the right lateral pterygoid, I'll cut my hand around the left mandible and I'll have the patient push into my hand. And I'll gauge what that contraction is like mm -hmm. compared to the other side. And if the patient's had pain, if the pain's on the right side, pretty much guarantee that when they try to laterally deviate to the left, there's not going to be much, much force there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. And so that's from a strength standpoint, I'm really looking at that Got probably it. more than anything else. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And yes, mm -hmm. this is up on YouTube. So for people listening, if you're wondering, well, wait. What's he doing? I can't see it. Go over to YouTube and you can see it. A little shameless <laughs> I, I, YouTube I think, plug I think there. I had a guest. I forget who it was a couple weeks ago, but she apparently, I think it was a, the uh, therapist that was talking about the, the hip. And Oh, she, yeah. Did she have a hip model or she something did. like that? She did. She yeah, did. Well, yeah, well, sorry. I, I, I couldn't afford yeah. a face model. <laughs> model. That's okay. That's okay. But no, that was that was good. It was good to kind of see look at that visually and and kind of what that looks like for for uh the testing of strength so that's great um so you get through an evaluation you you find you know you you look at your findings and mm -hmm. now you're on to treatment mm -hmm. so can you give a couple obviously knowing it depends and every treatment is individualized sure. every time you're working with a pt but are there common um protocols. I, I don't know if that's the right term, but treatments that right. I know I hate saying protocols, right. <laughs> um, that you, that you employ for these TMJ patients. Yeah. Well, I almost always, I'll start with, with manual therapy of some kind, whether it's like maybe some soft tissue work to the ma masseter, the, the masseter muscle. It, it, it's almost always, guarded down mm. and if you here's a little tip if you don't know where it is stick your finger inside the patient's mouth have them gently clench down and you'll feel a pop in your fingertips mm -hmm. just watch your finger that it's not in between their top and bottom teeth please um and you'll be you'll be just fine with that um but i'll normally start there and mm -hmm. i'll also try to do sometimes a lateral ter pterygoid is hard to get to um, it's pretty deep in there, but I try to do some light strumming in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll do, um, you know, specifically with, with the TMJ, um, I will mo mobilize the joint. If it's a hyper mobile joint, I'll still mobilize you some small range oscillations for some proprioception. If it's a hypo mobile joint, we'll do a prolonged 10 second hold 
Mm -hmm. um, either maybe do a distraction or an anterior glide or something of that sort. Uh, and I super important, I'll do manual therapy with a, a cervical as well. Uh, I do, I've started back in January, took my first dry needling course, which I love. And so I won't learn dry needling to like TMJ until my third course, but um, I learned a lot of good cervical upper trapezius techniques. And you'd be amazed that um, the amount of TMJ pain headaches that is caused from mm. trigger points and the, the upper trap. So do, do you needle Karen? I can't do that in New York. Oh, you can't do it in New York. Nope. Doggone it. Well, so well, it's kind of like a moot point here. You know, I'm not going to go so, spend, so the, sorry to hear not well, go anyway, and spend the money on that. If you can't do it, you know, right, it I, I agree. Sense. I agree. You know, but so that, that, that's been super effective. Um, and then, uh, you know, when we look at things from an exercise standpoint, the biggest thing I can tell your audience is to do have the patient do the exercises in front of a mirror, at least in the beginning, mm -hmm. because, you know, even you and I who have some aware of proprioception, if you ask me to do vertical opening or lateral deviation in front of a mirror or without a mirror, excuse me, I'd struggle. Yeah, really hard really hard. So use that mirror to just start working with active range of motion. I really try to emphasize to the patient, like if they're doing vertical opening, keep it symmetrical. Mm -hmm. I don't care how far you're going. When you start to deviate off to one side or the other, stop. Um, you know, I'll teach them how to do some self mode at, at home as well. We'll do a lot of posture, a lot of um, workstation ergonomics mm -hmm. uh, as well. And we'll work on a lot of cervical stability exercise. I like doing a lot of um, pulley work. So, you know, when we're talking about cervical spine, you have to use very lightweight. Um, but there's a lot of good stability exercises, things like that, because most times these patients, um, are, the, the whole kind of posterior upper posterior chain is going to be shut down from the pain they've been having for so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and then of course, you know, we'll add in some TMJ isometrics and things of that sort. Um, and, and be creative. I mean, I always think about if I, if I was a patient and I came in and you had me do the same four or five exercises every day, I would just quit. Mm -hmm. I would just quit. I mean, you got to ma make it fun. You got to make it challenging. Um, for example, if I'm, if I'm having someone do, um, like a lateral deviation, like a mandibular lateral de deviation, maybe I'll start in sitting. Um, but then if you, if you're trying to laterally deviate to the left and it's too easy in sitting, then I'll have them lay on the right side and I'll put a mirror in front of them or they can, they can use their phone and for the mirror mm -hmm. and they can deviate their jaw up to, towards the ceiling. So you're just, going just, like just against gravity. gravity. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. 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 And you know, you can get people in all fours. I mean, so many things that, that you can do to really challenge them. I'll combine, um, cervical pulley exercises. Um, they're walking around, they've got the, the pulley strap on them and they're doing TMJ exercises at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to make sure that the patient has success. You know, you got, you got, as you know, you got to dose the exercise appropriately and, um, I'm not a fan of giving a patient too many things at home. No, because then they don't do any of it. 
I know. If you give them too much, you don't do any. I found like three, four exercises seems to be a nice sweet spot. I you agree. Know, I, one you or know, two, too to little, them, more than that. It's yeah. like a disaster. And I try to give them more. Like I might on their home exercise program, they may have seven or eight things, but I always tell them just do two or three at a time. Yep. Um, yep. Cause you know, it's, even if you're dealing with someone who's not working still, I mean, we all have busy lives and, mm-hmm. you know, or may, I mean, you know, I might have them do one, one or two things four or five times a day. You, you know, sometimes it's more important, especially when someone's acute to do the exercise more often for the proprioception coordination mm-hmm. and vascularity. Um, so I might have them just, just, just do that, but I don't know. Just, I, I think the the big thing I try to, I try to take as holistic of approach as I can. We, we do have to talk about diet and what kind of foods is, are, are you eating and what's bothering you? And to me, that can be easily turn that into a, a long-term goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that you can, you can easily track. You can be talking with that patient. Okay. When you first came in, you couldn't eat French bread. And now how's that going? Right. Um, right. Almost as like part of your goal setting. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, but it's just, I don't, the amount of people that, that we can help is unbelievable. And the other thing is, like I said earlier, from a marketing standpoint, it's a nice, um, it can be, if you do it right, a very nice line of referrals for you. I mean, I'm not saying I want to treat TMJ all day, every day, but, um, and those, those, those patients are so grateful. Well, just like I think every patient is that has chronic pain, but TMJ patients are so grateful because, uh, mouth pain is the worst. Yeah. And I think oftentimes they don't even know that physical therapists can help so that if they're going in, if they have a dentist that refers to a physical therapist, um, they didn't even know this kind of treatment exists. And then when you can help them, I'm sure they're super grateful. Um, and that, you know, you, you, uh, mentioned marketing. That was my next question is how, how do you market this? Who are you only marketing to dentists? Are you marketing to the general public? How are you marketing this subspecialty? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so here in Missouri, believe it or not, we are, um, <laughs> we're slow to change. We, uh, well, every state has direct access, of course, some, some version of it, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our state in Mississippi and Alabama have the, the three worst, uh, direct access laws. We're hoping in the next month, fingers crossed that it gets, gets through the, the mm-hmm. finish line in our state capital, and we will have direct access then. But so because of that, we haven't done in the past, it'll change soon, but we haven't done tons of general public education. So for us, it's doing a lot of like lunch and learns with dental offices, mm-hmm. um, oral surgeons, oral surgeons, most don't want to touch TMJ. Sure. Um, they know they don't always get the best outcomes with it. Um, and actually somebody else, uh, another type of de- dentist that I think is, uh, I know I've kind of overlooked and is a periodontist because uh, a periodontist is, uh, and I know because I just had some periodontal surgery not too long ago. Not only are you having to keep your mouth open for a prolonged period of time, which can Mm -hmm. be very hard on the TMJ, but you have to turn your head so much. 
to get, you know, they'll say, okay, turn your head to the right and left. And so when I, when my mouth was numb, I was talking to my periodontist. I said, do you, you know, what do you do with people that have neck pain? She goes, it's a problem. So I'm like, yeah, okay, well, guess what? We're going to, when my mouth is not numb anymore, I'm going to come back here and we're going to, we're going to talk about what, what a physical therapist can do. Um, not only for your TMJ patients, but for your cervical patients. And you need to know if they have cervical pain before they ever sit down in your chair. Because mm -hmm. if she's trying to do surgery for two hours on a patient and they can't turn their head right or left right. without pain, it's going to yeah. be a bad outcome. So yeah, oh, it's just, yeah. I think you just, just be creative. I mean, we've done, we've talked about TMJ with primary care physicians as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's truly uh I don't want to say an easy sell. There's nothing easy out there, but um, you you for sure get people's attention when you go into an office. Say we treat TMJ now. Mm -hmm. Everyone should know um, that if it's if it's a Medicare patient, a dentist cannot sign off on a plan of care. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So when that has come up in the past, what we do is we get the patient's primary care physician involved. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll either we'll either call the primary care physician or we'll just have the patient call mm -hmm. and they'll have to sign off on the plan of care because a dentist is not allowed to. So oh, okay. you have to so, be very, very aware of that. Right, right. Well, uh, as you said earlier, they're not probably your primary demographic, Absolutely. but it's still good to know that. Any other legal things that a physical therapist needs to be aware of? Um, I mean, I like any different waiver. I mean, it's a joint is a joint is a joint, right? But are there anything yeah. that, you know, you have to even tell the patient? I mean, I'm assuming, you know, you want to get consent to work intraorally yeah. to work inside the mouth and, yeah. and there may be patients. I don't know. Have you ever had someone be like, no, nah, I don't want you to do that. Uh, no, actually, I haven't because I think by, by the time they finally wind up in our office, they'll do anything. Happy. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. they've probably been ignored for a while or they've kind of been shunned or they've been given right. drugs to take and they're still having a problem. Um, one thing for sure is make sure, guys, you wear latex free gloves. Mm hmm. Smart. You know, and the, the other thing I would really say is that, you know, I've worked in a variety of settings in the past. Um, and now in, in St. Louis, we have, we have a mobile practice and that is beautiful for, for TMJ or any practice you have where you can work one-on-one -on -one is beautiful because if you're, <laughs> you're treating a TMJ, then you have to hop out to work on someone's foot and then you're back to treat TMJ. It doesn't quite work. And especially if you're, uh, you know, you're doing palpation side someone's mouth, they feel if you're rushed, they feel it. Mm -hmm. And this patient, maybe more than any kind of patient, um, they have to be able to relax. And when you have your fingers inside their mouth, that can be challenged. So sure. really, um, I think it'd be very hard to, to treat TMJ if you're in a busy, busy outpatient ortho clinic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's not like treating uh whatever, a knee or a shoulder because these people there's normally more involved. And if you do it right, you're treating cervical upper thoracic because if they have a forward head, that means they don't extend very well through their upper thoracic 
spine that's all mm-hmm. you know kyphotic so you got you got a lot to to really work on yeah yeah well great tips and great advice uh so thank you for all of that and now as we wrap things up what are the key points that you really want the listeners to take away uh when it comes to evaluation and treatment of tmj patients yeah well i would say first and foremost know that tmj is definitely w- within our scope and even you can't use the excuse of, well, we only had one two-hour course back in school, so I don't really know how, how to treat it. You can't use that excuse because our, our patients are coming to you because we are the experts. We mm-hmm. are the musculoskeletal experts, so please get get good at it. If you need help, call me. Um, I'm more than happy to to help people. Um, um, so I think that that's super, super important. Um, you got to slow your mind and your body and your hands down, uh, when, when you are treating TMJ, make sure you're looking closely at posture, make sure you're really addressing cervical and upper thoracic spine. Um, and then just really, really be creative, creative with your exercises. You know, I typically will see a TMJ patient. It depends, but six to eight visits is kind of about right, depending on maybe how much cervical and spine involvement they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's, that's pretty, pretty fair. Um, most times the appointments are a little bit shorter, just, just depending on how much involvement um, um, th- there is. And I think these, these people are going to be grateful. And I, I always tell, I tell my staff here and I tell every ther- therapist that, you may have patients that are like raving fans of yours, but you got to prompt them. Mm-hmm. I always say, I always say, you know what, if you've, if you've had a good experience here, go back and tell Dr. So-and-so and be sure to tell your friends because most fans, if you've done a good job and put forth a good effort, they are going to be raving Our fans. You want them to be raving fans to just really spread the gospel about what we do. Because as you said earlier, I think a lot of people, I still think a lot of the people in the world think that a physical therapist treats knees and shoulders and that a chiropractor treats the spine. Mm, true. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would agree with that, which is obviously not true. Um, right. But I, I right. would tend to agree with that. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice for anyone who, uh, is interested in working with people with uh, TMJ dysfunction. Um, are there, do you recommend any courses or um, any extra uh, continuing education? You know, I think that I'll be real honest with you. I think I'm going to do a TMJ course myself. Um, I did one for my staff here in, in St. Louis and it just went over so well. I will be honest, you know, I haven't looked. Um, I know there's some online courses, Mm -hmm. um, but as far as in person, I don't know who's doing it. Um, I did most, I did all of my manual therapy training through the Ola Grimsby Institute. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we definitely had some, some good TMJ classes through there, but I don't know what, what people are doing um, anymore. And it's, um, so I think you gave me a good idea, Karen. I didn't, I didn't know you were, you did one for your staff. That wasn't like, uh, you know, <laughs> getting you to be like, Oh, I'm so, this wasn't, that wasn't a sales pitch. I swear. I was just <laughs> curious. Um, but yeah, when, when you do let us know and we'll put it out there if, if, and when you do, um, 
Well, this was great. Uh, before we wrap things up, uh, last questions when I ask everyone is knowing where you are now in your life and career, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? My 20-year-old my self. Well, I would say to accept people for who they are. Mm. Um, when I So I opened my first clinic when I was 32. And um, I went through a lot of staffing changes because Unfortunately, I expected everyone I brought on as an employee to, to be an owner and everyone has their role and everyone can be a great person, but that doesn't mean they want to be the owner. They don't want to work as much as the owner. They, 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 and you just need to, I don't know, you just need to have fun and accept that and know, and I think that whoever, if anyone else out there is self-employed, don't try to change your your staff PT, you know, you want them to work hard. You want that, them to be caring. You want them to follow the rules, of course, but they're, they're not you and they aren't the owner. If they wanted to be the owner, they wouldn't be working for you. So I think if I would really thought about that earlier on, it, it would have led to uh, less staffing changes earlier on. I have a very stable staff now, so I think I've grown past that, but uh, that, that's what I would say. Just accept people for, for who they are. Cause you know what? Mo most people don't change. A hundred percent. That is great <laughs> advice. Um, and advice that takes a lot of introspection on, on, on our part. Um, but I think that's beautiful advice. Now, where can people find you if they have questions, comments, they want to learn more? Where are you at? I would say probably just um, email me. It's uh, Mike at imovephysicaltherapy.com. You can go to our website, which is imovephysicaltherapy.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, my uh, kids would make fun of me, but I, I move PT has an Instagram page. Um, I probably do, but not very active on it. So I, I need to get better with that. But um, yeah, just uh, and they can always text me 636-578-3649. That's probably the, the quickest way. And if you have TMJ questions, yeah, I mean, just want to want to help people and I will get a course out there soon and I'll, I'll throw it your way. Excellent. Thank you so much. This was great. Like I said, first time, I think that on the podcast that we've discussed TMJ, um, really great advice, really great actionable steps for anyone who's physical therapist listening to this, or if you're someone living with TMJ pain, now, you know, you can go to a physical therapist. So thank you so much for coming on. You're very welcome. And, and, Karen, I meant I said it earlier. I mean it. Keep doing everything you're doing because uh, I know it's not easy to have a, a podcast that you put episodes out all the time, but you do a tremendous job of e educating people on what um, what we do as a physical therapist. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much, and everyone, thank you for listening and tuning in. And don't forget, if you want to see what we did today, go over to the YouTube channel as well. Um, and uh, everything is in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening on. So uh, thanks so much. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to leave us your questions and comments at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com.